This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. And as always, we promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Charlie Cook, Head of Growth at Sidekick But Sorted Food. Charlie, welcome to the Business Fabs podcast. Well, great to be here. Thanks very much for having me. Great. It's great to have you on. All right. Um, let's make a quick mental experiment. When I say brand, what pops up in your mind? Apple, Nike, Tesla? That's right, all those are brands. In fact, if you think about it, you can easily count like a dozen of brands around you. And there's more. You can think of some of the mobile apps on your phone as brands as well. Today, Charlie will help you to get a better grasp on how to apply a brand concept to your app. But first, before taking, uh, before talking about brand and uh, what role does it play for apps, let's talk about you, Charlie. Please uh, tell us about yourself. Yeah, well, I've been in this space of digital marketing around sort of tech startup scale up well for the last of 10 years or so across a variety of sectors from sport, property, language learning, health, uh, and now food. So I've jumped around lots of different sectors, all sort of in that sort of digital marketing growth area. Um, love what I do, but I, I guess my real passion is in sport. Although I quickly realized it's a pretty tough industry to make any money. So it's just <laughs> one of my hobbies now. Right, right. So yeah, all, all over the place. And uh, any uh, good recollections from your previous experience, something you know memorable from your, you know, back in the days when you're working on in sport area? Well, yeah, well, the sport company I was working for took me to the US for three years. So, I mean, that was pretty memorable. Um, a really interesting experience, sort of totally different market and set of customers. And um, that sort of bridged sort of quite guerrilla sort of marketing tactics, quite business development led. So actually it was a super interesting experience. So yeah, um, gotcha. wouldn't give that one up. Nobody just speaks real English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or play real sports. But, uh, right, yeah. For, well, from a British standpoint, anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jokes aside. Um, what is Sidekick by Sorted Food? Tell us about your company, please. Yeah. So, Sidekick is the mobile app product for Sorted Food. So, those from the YouTube generation will maybe be familiar with Sorted Food, the, the YouTube channel. It's been going for about 13 years, I think now. Um, you know, it's a sort of cookie entertainment show. Um, four guys set it up. Uh, friends from school, actually, um, just sort of came up with this sort of idea. But the sidekick portion has sort of developed over the last couple of years, really looking to solve the issue, which is like cooking in the evening is a pain in the ass. Paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, there are a lot of solutions out there. You know, you've obviously got your kind of meal box companies, um, but we sort of feel that we can kind of help home cooks um, be better through improved education and habits around planning, shopping and cooking. So we're sort of going to the root cause of a lot of these things, not what we would term the sort of paracetamol um, solution by just sort of giving people the end product, you know. Um, so... 
yeah, that's sort of where we're at really with with, with it. Um, and uh, yeah, there's there's uh, plenty of food around the office as well, which is which is a good perk. The major question of today's conversation is brand, and uh, I guess if we're not introducing as a concept, uh, that would be a, a bad start. So let's begin with uh, explaining what the, what is brand. Yeah. So for for us and for for me, it's like it's really fundamental things. Um, and a lot of the, the, the my thinking around this started with, and maybe for lots of people, like the Simon Sinek starting with why book. Um, it's it's around why the company exists, like how we communicate our ideas clearly, build relationship with customers. Um, it's that sort of starting point for a for a for a company. Um, how you tell that story and evoke an emotional response from someone. And it's all that will then manifest itself from like, you know, obviously once you have that central idea in the product offering, maybe how it's visually and written, um, the culture of the business and lots of those other elements that come from it, but it really starts with that focal point uh, of like why we exist. And from a customer standpoint, it's sort of then why should we care about your product? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, evoking that emotional response is one of the strongest drivers of, of behavior in humans. So it's, it's a really kind of central important part of, of any sort of business. And obviously we're talking about mobile apps here and, you know, uh, and, and it's, you know, it's the same thing for mobile apps as well. That's right. Uh, to me, brand is like uh, the answer on the question of a trust. Why do you trust this company? There are so many of those and you're investing your money. What's special about, you know, this product from Apple or Samsung or Sony, whatever, why do you invest your money and uh, can you trust this company that this product or service will be lasting not you know, for just for a few days but you can you know, easily use this the same thing you know without any worries you know down the road weeks month years ahead depending on what product we're talking about right yeah and exactly it's strong brands you know it, it crosses generations it lives for long periods of time you know, you've got those sort of big ones like ford and stuff which you know have been around yeah. for, for generations and they they sort of got their own sort of being really, you know, it's, you've got people in the company who come and go, you've got lots of things that come and go, but there's a brand idea sort of lives forever, so to speak. Omega Watch has been advertised for so many Bonds characters over the years. Yeah, it was, uh, even though we're not into the watches anymore, it's, uh, unless they're a smart watch, but yeah. as a brand, it's been really popular and from Sean Connery to Daniel Craig. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, super strong brand. Oh, yeah. Uh, lo looking outside of the space of existing brands that basically go mobile to just get an extra channel to reach out their customers. Mm. What about uh, kind of a newbie app that is yet to become popular? Uh, how does brand as a notion uh, can work for it? Yeah, so I think um, because it sits there right at the central point of like where you start and why you exist, you know, it, it's really hard to not inter, be intertwined with product. So sometimes they can be thought about uh, separately, but I, I think they should really be thought about together. You know, brand really helps us as a company, particularly guide where we're going to take the product. Mm -hmm. You know, it can kind of, you know, you have lots of ideas and you go, does that sort of really try and achieve what we, we are trying to be? Um, mm -hmm. And it, it can it can certainly help guide the product. Um, and also like just for fundamentally, um, yeah, that sort of mission really helps galvanize people internally to um, with that kind of shared purpose uh, to motivate people. You know, businesses have made up a lot of people and who are 
building stuff. And so that's sort of quite, quite important, I think. Um, a couple of other ideas that why it's so important for like particularly mobile app brands, I think the barrier to entry in a lot of spaces now is like, it's really low. Uh, we've seen mm -hmm. it in the fast delivery space with sort of gorillas and GoPath and so many of these players um, with technology um, getting easier and easier. I just think particularly why we looked at brands so heavily is that we have to just find some kind of niche, some kind of point of difference to stand out versus like all these lots of brands that sort of doing the same thing in the space. So, yeah, for small sort of businesses to starting out, yes, the product obviously has to, there has to be some product market fit, but I, I, there was the idea I came across recently around sort of language market fit as well, you know, making sure that you're communicating things clearly. Um, so I think, I think that is, is really important. I mean, once you've got all those kind of central things, I mean, the fun the, from a mobile data standpoint, I think I sort of, I've sort of talked about it before, but you know, when you clearly articulate your value proposition or you build that trust, it, it has sort of real world impacts on the data. Things like it reduces your cost per acquisition because you convert more people who come to your product already know and trust you. Mm -hmm. so therefore, they're more likely to sign up to a free trial or um, use your product more often because you've got that kind of element of trust. Um, I've seen it previous businesses. You have worked in the language learning space. You've obviously got the the the, the bear moth that is Duolingo. You know, battling yeah. against them. People Absolutely. already know Duolingo. They have the sense of what it is before they come to your product, and you see that in higher conversion rates and and lower or high organic um, installs or whatever. So yeah, it has those kind of really fundamental impacts on on the numbers as well. Um, and then the second part of the equation is that if people trust you uh, and they you, know, you build a good relationship with them then lifetime value goes up, you know, um, they stick with you longer, um, they're more loyal. Um, and, you know, that's sort of the, the, the balancing act. So lower your, your CAC, increase your, your LTV. And that's the sort of um, the two part of the equation that's pretty important for most businesses. Yeah, so brand is essentially your, your great weapon to combat this uh, mobile chore problem. This is a nightmare for so many people who are spending money to get all those downloads get people on board and then you see them just slightly quietly drifting away from you after you know, the first week or the first month and uh, if you're building your app as a brand this becomes for them like um, opening their smartphone and seeing on the screen an app it's kind of a natural you know thing like you know grab a taxi you click on uber almost automatically yeah it's like uh, you know what about search okay google what about e-commerce, Amazon? What about mm. getting myself somewhere, somewhere Uber? It's yeah. kind of a, it becomes a utility in, in a way if your app becomes a brand for somebody and perceived as a brand. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, look, it doesn't take away the, the challenge of building a good product, right? <laughs> you can have yeah, a great brand idea and a poor product and people yep. will churn. I mean, that, that is fun. That, that is kind of reality. I think it's just, it sort of, it, it, it lifts it. Um, particularly in competitive spaces uh, where you're really competing um, for eyeballs and customers, that sort of building that trust and that uh, relationship with customers will, will give you the, a little bit of an edge. So I, I'm not saying just invest in brand, you know, it's going to solve all your problems. Um, but I think if you do it in the right way um, and it helps guide the product in the right way and you're doing things for the right reasons and, and people like um, understand that, then 
it will um, support a lot of the other things you're doing. Got you. Uh, speaking of users, uh, there are a couple of billions of smartphones in this world, uh, a couple mm -hmm. millions apps, um, and all this ocean of apps being used by several generations. For the most part, like the bulk of those apps being used by uh, millennials, and I think I can attribute myself to millennial, roughly uh, <laughs> yeah. <rather than> speaking, <laughs> still, definitely not Gen Z. And Gen Z is the second generation. Um, mm. Let's kind of uh, um, draw a picture of uh, difference in perception of mobile brands between Gen Z and millennials. Yeah, I see. I think there's, I mean, I don't know exactly. The, the lines are obviously a little bit kind of gray, but I think um, from my standpoint, I, I probably speak from more of a millennial standpoint as well, from personal experience. There was that sort of shift, wasn't there, that, you know, apps were sort of less sort of just functional tools and started to become um, part of our lives and sort of brands and products that, are, um, that we follow on social media or we go, go to events with or, we, you know, um, we listen to what they say and they sort of really become um, brands in their own right, I think, as a kind of millennial. Well, that's certainly my kind of experience, um, you know, sort of growing up and as a sort of mobile industry sort of grown around i guess and um yeah i think that the slight difference made there with gen z and i think they also have inherited a lot of that as well but they started what i've started to see in some research is this sort of shift towards sort of like cause cause marketing a little bit of activism where they kind of expect brands to have a purpose um and to have some kind of like social cause um or to like stand for something um you know more than just sort of like a product um particularly more than millennials i think there was some research i found where um basically 57 percent of gen z sort of expect a brand to support a cause for example whereas only 25 percent of millennials expect that so it's like they're really sort of invested in brands um this sort of gen z uh, generation and as a consequence they'll they'll recommend to friends and, and there'll be that sort of virality as a, as a consequence. So there's a slight ch ch a difference between the two generations there, I'd say. Um, and I'm sure there are plenty of other differences uh, as well, but that's definitely sort of one that we're seeing. And particularly what we're trying to latch upon is just making sure that we stand for something and that it's, yeah, it's, it's clear what we, what we stand for as well um, so that we can kind of resonate with that audience. I think it may present a bit of a challenge for a marketer who, sorry, not actually an app marketer, but the whole team that creates an app, which will be used by these two generations. The product can be the same, but the approach to marketing should be different to speak the language you're approaching these different generations to make sure you understand what's important for them. Uh, and just like you're saying, um, there's a, this, uh, the cause becomes uh, really uh, important for Gen Z because mm -hmm. you know global warming is a problem they were just gradually uh, dropping on their laps. This is what they will have, will have to be dealing with uh, once we become senior. Yeah, <laughs> millennials they will replace us. It's just life, mm -hmm. and yeah, the cause is one of the um, major uh, factors for them to make a decision: should I use this app or should I use the other one? Yeah, that's an interesting point around sort of multi-generational uh, marketing and and sort of building products. I mean, something I hadn't really thought about, but definitely is a is a is a huge challenge um, to sort of yeah fit the needs of 
of different users. We see that just within our, you know, user cohorts that, that we have within our product, which you know, don't necessarily sit across multi-generations, but just sort of building a, a mobile app for different people, you know, different groups of people in itself is a challenge um, and sort of communicating to them. So, yeah, that's, that is, is definitely a challenge for, for lots of businesses. Uh, now, uh, can you think of any common mistakes you probably see people do when they try to apply uh, app co um, brand concept uh, for an app? Yeah, I noticed you had uh, Ryan on before, who I was, uh, who I've yep. sort of spoken to a lot, and uh, his sort of view on brand is sort of don't have any guidelines. Um, and I think I think I sort of resonate with that a little bit. So it was don't. I think from my standpoint, don't be too rigid. Um, I think particularly from in a mobile space, you know, where you're iterating quickly, you don't necessarily know and you're testing lots of things. Um, my experience with sort of really rigid brand guidelines is that they hamstring a lot of that creative, creative testing. Um, so make sure there's a little, there's some flexibility in there and that you don't have thousands of rules where you, you can't do this, you can't do that and layers of sign off you know, in the mobile app space in growth in particular, it really, you know, you have to sort of come at it with no ego, you know, lots of different things might work, whether that's different copy or different creative. Um, and you have to be willing to kind of, I think, bend some of those rules. Um, so mm -hmm. it's sort of having brand guidelines that fit for different areas. So, you know, within a mobile space, you obviously have limited characters and limited space versus, you know, if you're doing some branding exercises on, Absolutely. Um, uh, TV or you know mainstream media so you have to be a little bit flexible and apply brand differently across different mediums um, so yeah that's definitely a mistake I see um, and, and one I've come I've you know faced myself at previous businesses where we've had too strict rules and we've not been able to uh, iterate quickly enough on on sort of ad creative and stuff like that all right. Um, perhaps you have some takeaways for app marketers. Something uh, I don't know. A couple of things so you would like them, you know, retain their memory uh, once they, you know, stop listening to our conversation and move on on their app projects. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the big point. I mean, it's funny because like five years ago, if you'd asked me this question around brand, um, I would have gone like, "Brand is just fluff." I mean, I really, <laughs> I really wouldn't have paid much attention to. It. And I think it's just working at lots of different businesses where I've mm -hmm. started to realize how important it is um, in the overall mix. So, yeah, it, it's not going to be the silver bullet for everything. Um, so the key takeaways that I'm sort of trying to, you know, get across really is like, don't forget it, um, basically. Yes, it's not going to be your answer to everything. And product and data are super important, in particularly mobile apps. But, you know, that sort of storytelling power, you know, is sort of innate in, in humans. Um, mm -hmm. So don't forget it. Um, and I guess similar to the point i was saying before make sure there's some flexibility in it don't particularly in mobile apps don't have sort of hard and fast rules like be open to some kind of flexibility and i, and I know um you know when i spoke to uh, a few different people and ryan in particular you know he actually uh says don't have any rules and just sort of go with whatever's working and and yes that is obviously to some degree important in in uh, the mobile app space and and testing and stuff but um, yeah, have some flexibility. Okay, Charlie, got you. That was the last question about the topic on the table, uh, brands and apps, but I still have a few quick questions 
which I ask pretty much every guest on this show to help the audience know the people who come to Business Apps podcast a little bit better. Okay, question number one. What smartphone do you have now? Have you been switching between these, you know, two behemoths, iOS and Android, or just you yeah. know, staying one one line? Um, I'm a, I've got a Google Pixel right now, and I, I've never owned an iPhone, so I'm a, I've always had an Android. Yeah, so I, I don't even know what it'd be like to own a, an iPhone. Okay, see, so, so you're on the other side, uh, and you've been using your Android consistently. Uh, yeah, as the been, smartphone. Yeah, as I went since smartphones have sort of arrived, it's it's been Android all the way. Yeah. Well, what about before you know the smartphone era? What was the first mobile phone? You know those flip phones. Yeah, I think it was a, the Nokia thirty three ten, which I think is for a lot of <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, that was, you know, uh, that's the that was the first phone, the the brick, the the flip phone. Um, now back to present. Uh, imagine you've left your smartphone at home. What would be the most missing feature for you? Yeah, I'm a, I mean, I'm, I'm in the right place. I'm a sort of podcast addict. So I, I listen to podcasts constantly when I'm walking around. Sort of the, I'm sort of con- I have a sort of narrator in my ear for life, basically. So I think I'd be missing that massively. Um, so yeah, um, Spotify, I listen to it on, basically. So Let me shake your hand. We're on the same page. I've been listening yeah, yeah. to podcasts. <laughs> since 2005 so yeah i hear you totally yeah yeah i think yeah i mean i, well, I think the gateway for me was sort of the serial podcast series the original mm-hmm. um that sort of got me got me hooked yeah i uh, i got through these podcasts about science but still you know but after that i picked up many more but yeah mm-hmm. i totally see the value it you know gradually became part of your life uh yeah you feel like you know those people on those podcasts even though you never met them in person yeah. you have a feeling you know them in person like you've been sitting at the same table with them yeah exactly exactly all right so what new app technologies are you most excited right now what feature hardware software kind of a missing for your google pixel and you would like it to you know be added on on your phone yeah i mean i I'm, this is like uh, contrary to, I guess, the, the sector that I work in, but I'm, I'm sort of a, I'm sort of moving towards fewer distractions, and I, I've I've been following things around like light phones, and um, I guess some of the trends of people moving away from smartphones, um, mm-hmm. and that's just from a personal standpoint. It was it actually all came about from some research I saw where. If, and this is from like notifi- any notification, whether it's just like email, Slack, you know, on your phone. And you know, if you're concentrating on something, it takes you about 20 minutes to refocus on the task if you get yeah. notified. Um, so I've turned off all notifications on every app. So I'm, I'm the worst person to be marketed to. <laughs> and I'm trying to do the opposite <laughs> for someone. Um, so yeah, I'm sort of really interested in that idea. I haven't gone full into it yet. But the idea of sort of moving away from like too much noise um, and streamlining it. So if I could get my podcast app on a on a light phone, I'd be good. That's what I need. Yeah. So the pendulum swings back from you know too many notifications. At some point there were none, then there were few. There are so many, so we have to turn them off to get better our life and uh, you know spend your time on something you really like and well, that is, exactly has a value exactly. for you. 
All right. Very final question before I let you go. Uh, how can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Yeah, I mean, best place really is, is LinkedIn is where I'm most active. Um, so you should be able to find me um, just sort of searching in LinkedIn. I don't uh, massively have social media, so that, that's that would be the place to get hold of me. Gotcha. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for being on the podcast. So thank you for your time. Bye-bye. Cheers. And that was Charlie Cook, Head of Growth at Sidekick at Sorted Food. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Remember, we release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please, don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.